Objections just mean they don't want it enough. Objections mean they don't trust you enough. Objections are where the true selling begins. All of those may be true and none of them may be true, but I truly think that we need to let go of overcoming objections in coaching and consulting sales conversations. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Critically Conscious Coach, where coaches and consultants know the importance of deeply connecting with prospects, showing up in an authentic and joyful way, and inviting those people to become lifelong clients to exceed their sales goals. But most coaches are afraid to market themselves because they've been taught to use cookie cutter marketing tactics and unethical sales approaches. When in reality, your prospect just wants a real emotional connection and amazing results. Therefore, get ready to unlearn and market yourself authentically through asking insightful questions, making better business decisions, practicing self-acceptance, and doing sales the right way. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode on The Critically Conscious Coach. My name is Ruthie Bowles, and I'm your host as well as the founder of Defy the Status Quo. My company focuses on client advocacy for businesses, hiring coaches, consultants, and service providers, as well as helping those same business service professionals build ethical, aligned, and resilient businesses. Today, we're going to talk more specifically about this idea of overcoming objections in coaching and consulting sales. In case you haven't guessed it by now, I think that coaching and consulting shouldn't be marketed and sold the way most other things are. And overcoming objections is a part of my belief. So what does it mean to overcome objections? Well, in a normal sales context, particularly B2B, it means to address concerns as presented by your prospect. Keep in mind, B2B, business to business, people are usually spending money that belongs to a company that's probably already been budgeted for. You might be thinking, Ruthie, wait, isn't B2B what we do? Business coaches, consultants, and service providers are businesses looking to sell to other businesses, right? Well, not always. I think we can probably agree that there are subsets within B2B, and arguably understanding which subset you are in and who you are marketing to will help you market better. But I think we've got some other arrangements, some other combinations like E2E, like entrepreneur to entrepreneur. And I'm thinking like solopreneur, right? So maybe solopreneur to solopreneur. We might also be looking at E2SMB, entrepreneur to small business, or maybe SMB to SMB, small business to small business, or even SMB to E, small business to entrepreneur, or like small business to the individual, the solopreneur. And I may be splitting hairs with all of those, but my point is that we're not looking at traditional B2B where a budget may have millions of dollars in it. It looks a lot more like luxury B2C in some ways to me, particularly in the crowd again of like our very small businesses, our micro businesses, our solopreneurs. This starts to look and feel a bit more like luxury B2C. And that keyword that there, luxury. Mm -hmm. So considering the fact that we're dealing with small organizations or single person organizations, the potential for harm is much higher. If you're working with a C-suite professional in a funded startup or a medium-sized business on, say, I don't know, let's say leadership skills, and that's coming out of the company budget, the potential for harm is much lower. 
When you're working with solopreneurs, this means that they are likely going to feel the pain of that $5,000, $10,000, $15,000, $25,000 or whatever level of money if things go sideways or if they're invest, especially if investing that amount was out of sequence for their business. And by potential for harm, I mean that money is truly going to be missed. And, you know, most coaches and consultants do not ensure that they aren't getting clients bill money. And the methods that they use, like I talked about in the pressure cooker sales script episode, an episode, it was a couple weeks ago, will have them robbing themselves to pay, well, you. That's the potential for harm. So within the context of coaching, consulting, and services, it can be manipulative to overcome objections, especially when it is manipulative instead of actually addressing stated concerns. So what I'd encourage you to do is test the waters by asking for permission. And I mean really asking. Don't set up your questions so it sounds like there's only one right answer. Ask, oh, okay, they've set an objection. Okay, well, would you like to end our session right now? Would you like to end our call right now? Or would you like to talk about it? Talk about X a little bit more? You may see some people shrug and say yes with dismay, right? But they've made up their minds. So you've told them it's $5,000. They know they fucking don't have $5,000 to give you. And they're like, yeah, it's, it's probably best. I don't want to waste anyone's time. You wish that person the best and send them on their way. Okay, what they don't need is mental abuse from you when they're already feeling disappointed because they got on the phone with you, so it's probably something they wanted anyway. <laughs> but others may ask to talk more. If this is a coldish kind of call, i.e. they don't know you, or you kept a lot of details hidden about what you do and how you do it and, and how much money you do it for, then that call probably was just a whole bunch of information thrown at them. So they may need to talk through it. Right. And if but if you push and they're overloaded, it could blow up in your face because one thing they may have decided is that they don't want to fucking talk anymore. So remember, if this person says, OK, yeah, I'm ready to go. You better let them go because you're going to get a whole bunch of no's and then they may get mad at you. But again, if they are feeling like they need to talk through it because it was a lot of information, they got more questions. That's a little bit different. But again, this is all part of treating our prospects like grown adults instead of infantilizing them. Do not proceed without asking for consent, especially because you do have a horse in this race. Be objective. Are you really the sounding board a prospect should have when it's a matter of that prospect paying you? If you aren't the type of person to turn away bad fits, then the answer is definitely no. Definitely no. Um, immediately no. Immediately no. <laughs> That's a TikTok reference. If you're on TikTok, you, you'll get it immediately. No. So let's kind of explore some of these common, like the common types of objections, because these are, are all the, all the objections I'm going to share with you are objections that most coaches and consultants see as things to overcome or they've been taught to, quote unquote, overcome them. So one of them. First one, I don't have the time. Let's be real. Some of these programs suck up so much fucking time. Stop fire hosing people. If you have videos and you also have calls and you've also got podcasts and you've also got emails that they're supposed to be reading and all this and all that, like, that's a lot. So when you tell me like, oh, it's going to be so great because I've got all this information for you, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? That's actually too much for me. That's actually too much for me. And typically with this objection, that's where you get the, oh, well, you know, if it was a priority, you'd make time for it kind of deal. 
And it's like, okay, well, you know what else? I got a whole bunch of other fucking priorities, okay? So, like, I've got my business, but I've also got four kids. I have a husband. I've got family. I've got friends. I'm in, I'm enrolled in college right now, okay? So don't talk to me about priorities and how I'd make time. Like, yes, I have the same 24 hours as everyone else, and I am using them. I am using them. So don't get presumptuous, all right? So if this is your first phone call with somebody, you don't have a prior relationship, and you start getting holier than thou with me, like, square up. Right. That was me punching into my hand square up because you're about to get it. No, <laughs> I mean, but true facts. That's that's the truth. So we got to start trimming the fat on some of these programs. If you make it sound like it's so great because there's so much stuff, understand that that may be a turnoff to people who already have very busy schedules. I'm not saying that they shouldn't prioritize things that matter. I'm really not. But on the flip side of that coin, I know some of y'all got some programs and and that are fat, like like fatty, like they, they you got to trim the fat off of those programs. So no time. So you can always, again, if you get the permission, you can kind of explore that, like ask them, okay, what gives you the impression, right, that that you won't have enough time for this? Was there something that I said? Like, like explore that, right? You don't want to push, but you can explore that. Um, let's say they're not ready. Oh, uh, you know, I'm really not ready for this. That could be a sign of like confidence and stuff on their end. And the thing about the not ready objection, the, the thing about any of these objections really is like, I want people to be like joyfully raising their hand. Like I'm gonna have to back up from the microphone a little bit, but I want them to be like, oh, oh, pick me, pick me, pick me, a volunteer's tribute. Let's go. Like, I want people to be that excited when it comes time to work with me. Don't you? Like, I, I, like, we're just kind of working out the path here, like charting the course. I don't want to have to be dragging you to the water and then proceed to drown you in it, right? Because you can't lead a horse to water, make it drink, you know, right? So I'm not trying to drown you in the water. People say they don't have any money. All right, now this is that bullshit. That's people be on that bullshit where they're like, oh, I don't have any money. Sorry, I, you know what's so funny? I just realized I am... <laughs> I did not. I, I started out pretty solid in this episode, but then I started getting irritated <laughs> thinking about all of these overcoming objection things. And I went for a walk earlier before I recorded this talking to my friend of like 22 years. Her name's Tiffany. And we, we, we be getting really slangy, you know what I'm saying? So, so I realized as I got a bit more like irritated thinking about these objections, I kind of fell back into my speech patterns the way that I am when I'm talking to Tiff. But y'all will be fine. You you like me this way. You like me the other ways. You like me when I am speaking as if I am very sophisticated and very soft-spoken. You like that too. You like it. And that's why some of y'all listen to my audiobooks. We're fine. We're fine. But it made me laugh when I realized I did not. I, I just switched codes. I code switched right in the middle of this damn episode. Anyway. 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 Before we keep going with this podcast episode, I wanted to ask, are you struggling to determine what's ethical and what's not for your practice or business? It may be because you haven't delved deeply into your why. Called by many a unique and deep approach, the Why Workshop is a self-paced $77 mini course that guides you in a multifaceted dive into why you do what you do. The resulting ahas can become the heart of your brand and the filter for all decision-making in your business. Go to defythestatusquo.com forward slash the hyphen why hyphen workshop to learn more. Okay, that's over. Let's get back to the episode. Do you remember what I was saying? Oh, yes, I remember what I was talking about now. So the thing is about the person saying they don't have money. People say, oh, well, if they really want it, they will find the money. You've heard me say this before if you've listened to more than one episode. 
But the thing is, is you could have addressed this sooner by being upfront about costs. And maybe you don't feel like you can be upfront about costs. And I totally get that. Uh, kind of. Maybe. Depending. Not really. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but you could be upfront about how much revenue a typical client is making when they sign up to work with you. You could be upfront about that. And if the person sees on the landing page or, or the scheduling page, oh, like clients who are interested in, in speaking to me about this offer are typically making X amount of revenue per month or in a year. And they're like, oh, shit, I'm not even close to that. Right. Be like, ooh, I don't think I can. Yeah, that's not me. Then you could actually not have that conversation and it would be a, a saving some time for you and them. Again, this is great if you're not in the business of taking people's bill money. If you are in the business of taking people's bill money, then this won't work for you. Uh, if they're uncertain of the value, this was something you could have addressed in marketing, but when the pipeline is spammy DM, phone call, and then sale, it's hard to get a lot across. But if the pipeline is something more like, hey, come into my world, listen to my podcast, read my blog, watch my video channel here, we've got emails, and, and I'm doing events, and you get an opportunity to interact with me in person, you've seen me speak, like when the pipeline is like that type of thing, right, then people get a lot more certain of the value of working with you. They do. And so I have no need to get manipulative because I am not compensating for the fact that I did not get to educate you and inform you and show you who I am. Okay, this objection. I need to talk with someone else. S like full stop. I am so serious when I tell you, like, be very wary of treating this like an objection. If you ever get me on a phone call and I'm like, okay, I need to talk to whoever right? Whether that's a B2C thing and I need to talk to my husband or I need to talk to a business friend or, you know, I need to talk to my business coach or whatever it is, you better pump your brakes because you could address this in marketing. Like, hey, if you know that there's somebody else you're going to need to talk to, maybe have them be on this call. But maybe talking things out with a business partner or a spouse is part of this person's critical thinking process. If I see you trying to circumnavigate or short circuit my critical thinking process, all trust that you just built up is gone. It's gone. It's gone like cake in front of my four kids. It's gone. It's gone and it's never coming back. Like they're not even sharing with you. Like I might get a bite of cake from them, but you're not because you're a stranger. So that cake is gone, right? Our trust is gone like cake in front of my kids. So the person tells you they need to think about it. They need to sleep on it. They need to meditate on it. Maybe they fucking need to think about it. So you should back the fuck off. People see this as an objection. Oh, well, you know, I have these calls to address your questions. So what is it that you need to think about? I need to think without you talking in my ear. How about that? Man, I am feeling spicy today. Like, I sound like I'm about to fight somebody. Like, why? Why do I sound like that? <laughs> but, you know, if I say I need to think about it, I need to meditate on it, I need to journal on it because it's a big decision. It's a large investment. Don't rush me. I said this last week, but... You know, like if you're hooking up with somebody, you want them to look as good in the daytime as they did under the club lights. So you and your offer should look as good after research as it did before research. So if I need to take some time to think about it, you should look just as good. If you've got your ducks in a row, your ethical, your marketing's on point, I'm very clear about what you do and I'm very clear about what I need, then you will look just as good on the other end of my meditation as you did before it, right? And then another final objection that I saw was like, I need to talk to other coaches or consultants as they motherfucking should, as they should. The idea is to search for fit. The idea is to search for fit. I, I just realized like I dropped so many F-bombs in this episode. We should put an additional E 
for like extra explicit. There should be two E's next to this episode. Extra explicit. I was feeling spicy as hell. So this other thing about the overcoming objections, it kind of feeds, it definitely feeds into the black-white logical fallacy. Y'all know I love my cognitive biases and logical fallacies, or at least labeling them, right? This logical fallacy is present when you and or your prospect behaves as if there are only two options, when in fact the options are innumerable when you take a wide view of things. My job is not to force you into a decision. Your job as a coach, consultant, or business service provider is not to force your prospects into a decision. You should be presenting the information, answering your questions, so, or answering their questions so that way they can make an empowered and informed decision. With strong marketing and branding, your prospects can be very warm before they get on the phone with you because people who don't vibe will already have seen themselves out. Like they'll be like, that's not the vibe, dude. And then they left, which was fine because now you're both happier for it. Strong marketing and branding. And what I mean by that, I don't mean manipulative. What I mean is educational, clear, and authentic marketing and branding means they won't be firehosed on the phone call so you can focus on what really matters. That's what I have for you today. And now the bus is pulling up for my kids. So thank you so much for joining me. I'll talk to you again next time. So what do you think? Are you overcoming objections in your sales? Think I missed the mark here? Shoot me a DM anywhere you're following me on social media or reply to one of the emails if you're already on our email list and I'd love to hear your thoughts. The beauty of being critically conscious means that I'm always trying to stay open to new information so I can adapt, adjust, and absorb new ideas and perspectives. <laughs>